The Sex and Spirituality Podcast is a show where we have real, deep, mystical conversations about everything from love, dating, and sexuality to mental health, trauma, spirituality, metaphysics, healing, and all things new age and woo-woo. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a feminist poet and graduate student pursuing my doctorate in clinical psychology with a focus on systemic sex therapy. As a domestic violence and sexual abuse survivor, I hope these vulnerable conversations will inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help you better your life and the people around you. Coletti. I'm laughing because I think an episode or two ago I said welcome to sex and psychology and I just realized that when I was listening to myself on Anchor today because my boyfriend recently told me he listens to my episodes which I never knew he listened to the show so if you're listening babe hi but I figured I'd just listen to myself to make sure I didn't say anything too crazy and unhinged which I tend to do I'm I have no filter on this show, which is super interesting because if you know me in person, I really don't talk too much, but as an introvert and as someone that's an HSP, I have so much going on in my head all the time. So I just wanted to make sure that I sounded okay. I've exposed myself to my voice because I used to hate my voice, even though I love singing. Um, when I would listen to myself, and I'm sure we can all relate to that when you hear yourself on a camcorder or what am I like 81? When you hear yourself on like <laughs> Snapchat or something, it's just so cringe. But I said sex and psychology, so there's that. So good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday. Right now I'm recording this. I'm trying to think of a definitive schedule to put these episodes out now that we're almost at 7,000 listeners. I'm really excited. I am planning on releasing maybe two shows per week, so I'm just trying to decipher what two days would be best to launch these rather than three times a week sporadically whenever I feels like it. So there's that. I hope everyone's doing just dandy today now that we're officially in summer, and I'm really hoping this is my last summer in New York. I cannot wait to move. I know they always say, wherever you go, there you are, but ugh. Just don't move to New York, y'all. Unless you love the city. I am not a city person because I am such a an empath and an INFJ that it's just the hustle and bustle. It drives my anxiety crazy. It's very overwhelming. So with that being said, I wanted to, I was listening to a podcast with a dietitian on Sex Gets Real with Dawn Sarah. I love that show. And the nutritionist, she's a registered dietitian, was talking about fat phobia. And I will preface this by saying I am not an obese person. I am not even really fat, quote unquote. And when I say fat, I don't mean that as an insult. I'm just saying it like fat, skinny, tall, short, whatever. Labels are labels. It's really the meaning we assign to them, which could make them defensive or offensive rather. So I would say, though, I'm a bigger girl. I've always had the body build of Serena Williams, even though I'm not as talented. (laughs) And I am pretty tall. I am five foot eight. I know that there's a lot of y'all listening that are probably much taller and thinking I'm a shorty, but 
the average height for a woman, I've looked this up many times, is five foot four. And I wanted to talk about just living in a bigger body and my experience about that. But before we get into that, if you were listening to my last episode or two, someone had asked me a question about my opinion on what does it mean to date your parents. And they said they listened to my father's day episode and they just wanted to know in pop psychology, we always hear we date people who remind us of our parents. So what do I think of that? Well, we will particularly, from my experience and from my understanding and observation, we will tend to go for someone of the opposite sex, generally, who reminds us of our parents, whether that's good or bad. It's someone that we subconsciously think we can heal the relationship with our parents by being in, if that makes sense. So you as a parent, especially I have never experienced losing my mother, thank God, knock on wood, fingers crossed. But as a female who lost her dad, it doesn't matter if you lost them to probation, if you lost them to foster care, if you lost them to death or mental illness. I personally have spent my entire life trying to make up for that. I was so convinced, and I still am on a deep level, convinced that if I was good enough, if I was pretty enough, if I was successful enough, if I was thin enough, then my dad wouldn't have left. It's this skewed mindset that we have and we develop as children. It's a sub-personality. And sometimes for me, it's hard to lean into love. It's hard for me to understand and comprehend that love isn't contingent on what you look like, right? My entire life, I've blamed my appearance on every single problem I've ever had. And I've gotten so resentful over females that are smaller than me, that have quote unquote nicer bodies that society glorifies than me because I assume and I resent them and get jealous and envious that Just because you were born the way you are without any effort or by luck of the draw, you are automatically more valuable than me. And it's just made me so salty. It's given me a really hard time functioning and appreciating myself and loving myself. And I talk about the toxicity of social media when you're recovering from an eating disorder in my last episode, so you can check that out. But when it comes to love relationships, growing up with that mindset, you know, I was scared of my dad because he was sick. And I go into this more in my Father's Day episode, but I was drawn to men. I've never had an issue with this with women, oddly enough, but I was drawn to men that scared me. My ex-boyfriend from, we dated roughly two years, my abuser, I call him, he threatened to kill me more times than I could remember he was always threatening to kill me if I cheated on him, kill me if I talked to another guy, kill me if I dumped him. So it wasn't until I reflected on this in around 2018 that I put the connection two and two together that I date people that make me feel at least how I felt growing up. And when it comes to my relationships currently, now that I've done some work on that, I've been in therapy for a very long time, It's still so difficult for me to lean into love. It's hard for me to accept my boyfriend's love 
and to fully immerse myself in love for him because I associate love with pain and vulnerability and attack. So I guess in my mind, I rationalize it by thinking if I really love my boyfriend to the fullest extent and surrender into that, then something bad is going to happen, whatever that is, whether that's betrayal, whether I hurt him, whether he hurts me or even loss and death, because I always assume as a trauma survivor, particularly trauma around interpersonal relationships, that love ends in pain and suffering and grief. And this could mean in relationship sense, just breaking up, or this could mean even death. So I wanted to make an entire episode around this, a spiritual perspective on death, but I posted a quote recently on my Instagram. You can check that out at sex and spirituality pod that when we appreciate death, we appreciate life. And I didn't go into this in my last episode, but my relationship with my dad really has improved after his passing. On this physical earth, when we are in this mortal world, when we are in this earth school, we have our personality, right? And with my dad in this 3D realm, his ego existed. Whereas now that he's moved on to the other side, there's nothing left but his higher self and love. I still talk to my dad pretty on the daily frequently, and even though I can't see or hear him all of the time, I am so certain that he can see and hear me because as someone that's clairsentient and clairaudient, communicating with spirit, I tell people, is like tuning into a radio station. A lot of times we're on a different channel, quote unquote, but just because we're not correctly tuned in, it does not mean that it's not there. And as humans, who are so analytical and logical and statistical, we often need physical evidence to prove something is real in order for us to believe it. But we can't see the air. We know that oxygen is there even though we can't see it. So, you know, many people are upset by death. And it's not that I don't find death upsetting, but part of me really appreciates and finds death beautiful. I can say that I am not afraid to die The only things I'm afraid of is dying in a tragic, traumatic way because I'm scared of the pain. But I have so many spiritual experiences where I felt my body come out of my physical form. Not to say that I'm astral traveling, but a lot of times I have these visceral dreams where I've seen my past lives and I know how I've died in the past. And for me, it's kind of comforting because I know I'm going to die in however many years. I could die tomorrow. I could die in 100 years from now. But I'm not afraid of it because I have that much trust and faith that I've done it before. So I could do it again. And because of this deep understanding of the other side, I believe that we come into this world choosing our life path, meaning we pick our purpose, we pick our parents, we choose our families, we choose the pain and the lessons we need to go through to learn in this third dimensional hologram, right? I believe everyone dies when they're supposed to, whether we understand the reasoning behind it or not. They understand their souls decided it was up to them. That's their prerogative. And when we realize this, we can see pain is simply an illusion. Nobody can really hurt us, but it's the meaning that we give it. And when I grasp this, 
it really eased a lot of suffering that I imposed on myself based on my perception of the actions or the words of others. Even growing up, I was bullied around my parents. I was told I was too fat. I was too ugly. I was this, I was that, I was a loser. And of course, as an adolescent, you want to fit in and you want to do whatever you can as a teenager to stick to the status quo. But now I'm seeing, and I think our society has kind of shifted in that by being like everyone else, you really aren't that special. It's really those people that stand out and have unique gifts and talents that are remembered, right? So this goes back to me living in a larger body my whole life. I wanted to disappear. I talked a little bit about not feeling connected in this physical world. I'm always living in my upper chakras. And I think part of that comes down to my root chakra of the imbalance there and and the stuckness and the trauma of wanting to stay small and not wanting to be seen. But because I'm tall, I always stand out. And when I'm with my girlfriends or even when I'm with my boyfriend, you know, I've never really dated a man taller than six foot. I've maybe been with two or three people, but it was nothing ever serious. And for me, height is really not a requirement whatsoever. I'm more of a face person as long as they're on my level (laughs) physically and emotionally. But I've hated that. I've hated going out with all my friends and feeling like the giraffe in the group and It's this issue, I think, that I've been conditioned and brainwashed as a woman, that taking up space is an issue. And I've held it against myself for so long because I felt like my body betrayed me. In America, at least, we're told that smaller bodies for women is better, and thinner bodies have higher status, and skinnier bodies are worth more. At least I'll speak for myself, people are conditioned to think of partner choice in terms of whose bodies they've been told as men will make them more desirable to be seen with, even subconsciously. And it's hard for me to feel sexually empowered in a bigger body and feel sexy in a curvy body or a plus size body, but there is no reason why you should not inherently feel sexy or empowered or confident just because of your body. Like our bodies are a vessel. Our bodies are our best friends. Our bodies are the only thing we take with us at the end of the day. You know, our bodies are on our side. They're so fucking wise. They're trying to survive for us. Our bodies are doing what they can to support us. And something that was always really hard for me too, was growing up with a sister that looks nothing like me. My sister took on my dad's genetics where she's skinny and tiny and smaller than me. And I've always compared myself to her. In high school, she had so many friends and she was considered cool. I was not popular by any means. And people would even go as far as to say, how are you guys related? And I think that's part of the reason why I developed bulimia so young. If many of you know, if you've been listening, I had an eating disorder for around 10 years and I'm not blaming this on my sister whatsoever. There's a lot that goes into it, but my disordered eating was an attempt for me to try to be accepted, to be good enough, to punish myself for who I was because I never felt like I fit in. And I just wanted to note the correlation between empaths and overeating and being an HSP. A lot of people who are this way are overweight because food is an energy for them. It makes up for the energy that they're lacking or they feel drained of. It's a way for us to 
protect ourselves with extra layers, especially people who have been survivors of sexual violence, right? Felt like our appearance was used to hurt us. And if we can prevent being quote unquote damaged again, then we'll do anything, even unconsciously, to prevent that. But to be real with y'all, I am so fucking sick and tired of society and people who think they're doctors. Everyone on Instagram thinks they're a personal trainer and a doctor, right? They're always offering us unsolicited medical advice. Um, These trolls on the internet saying that if you just starve yourself or if you just diet good enough and work out, then you could attain your dream body. Many people who are overweight are not lazy. And I would even argue to say more disciplined and trying to make conscious eating choices. And they're always trying to control their weight through, through all these different means, right? But a lot of them or us never get there. Because as a matter of a fact, 70% of weight is genetic. It even boils down to how our mothers ate when we're in the womb. We cannot change our body structure. We cannot change the proportion of our hips to our waist. Like some people are hourglass, some people are apples, some people are pear-shaped, mesmomorph, mectomorph, whatever the fuck. There's so many things. (laughs) I think... And dieting and having bulimia and binge eating definitely changes the physiology of your body and your nervous system does not help to keep weight off. The more you attempt to diet and fix the problem, which you think you're the problem, but really fat phobia in society is the problem, the harder it is for us to get there. I think I'll I'll always have to watch what I eat. And I don't want to speak that into existence and put that out into the universe, but I have always struggled with my weight. Um, And I've always been more physically active and health conscious than most people I know. Yet I continue to live in a body that weighs more and is bigger naturally. And that's really hard for me to accept and comes to terms with that I'll never be the ideal version of what society tells me a desirable woman should look like in order to be loved. And that it's a matter of hard work and willpower. That is simply not true because I know so many people who are naturally thin and small and they're born skinny and they basically have to do zero effort to stay that way. I digress though. I'm not putting down thin, skinny people. I'm literally in the middle. I'm not fat or skinny. I just am. You are the way you are. You're born the way you are. And that should be enough. So ladies, if you are bigger, please don't try to hide who you are. When I was dating online, this was really triggering for me because I always felt the need to warn people. And I don't know if anyone felt this this way, but I always felt the need to put a picture of my body in my dating profile so people quote unquote knew what they were getting themselves into. I didn't want to surprise people. I would always put my height on my profile because I've gone on so many horrific dates where I've showed up and people are like, wow, you're a lot hotter in your profile picture, or they would not talk to me because I was taller than them. (laughs) So don't feel the need to, to wear this caution label on your forehead as if you're damaged. I can tell you that dating me is not a walk in the park. God bless my boyfriend's soul. But I can tell you that this isn't so because of my size. I tend to blame everything on my larger body and it's so tiring. I'm frankly, I'm so sick of it. I'm so fed up with feeling like who I am isn't enough and just being disgusted with my naked body. Recently, I've been looking a lot into plastic surgery 
I'll admit, I'm not proud to admit this, I am pretty against cosmetic procedures. I don't know if that's the feminist in me. I'd like to support women and whatever their choices are, but I think for 90% of us, it's driven by insecurity and trying to compensate, at least for me personally. I'd love to know your thoughts on this, but I've been looking into getting a boob job and getting a Brazilian butt lift, and it's really not because I want it to be transparent with you. Like, I could save myself that $20,000, which I don't have, but it's because... I'm tired of not looking like what people say I should look like. It just makes me feel bad about myself. And I know that's a self-worth issue that I have to work on inside myself that stems from a load of other things. But I want to admit that so that together, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you could relate on some level. Let's let go of feeling like we are inherently flawed and we need to be beautiful to be worthy of attention or love. That is a false pretense that we have convinced ourselves and it's not serving us. At least it's not serving me. I don't know about you, but it's just keeping me stuck and it's keeping me down and it's giving me excuses to not do things for lack of getting hurt or being humiliated or feeling like a fool. I want to end this by saying last night I was meditating and I heard this message channeled from my inner child as I was connecting with my spirit guide saying, that which you are trying to protect yourself from is that which you are blocking yourself from. So by trying to keep myself safe and small and sheltered from rejection or from loss by withdrawing from love, In turn, I am actually preventing and blocking myself from opening up and being able to receive love. So let's end on that. I'm trying to make these episodes around 20 minutes, not too long, not too short. There's really not much advice in here as there is just my personal experience. And I would love to connect with you and know what you've done to come to terms with body acceptance and and body love. Uh, I did a lot of work on this in my eating disorder recovery on giving gratitude for my body because let's face it, my body doesn't look the way it looked when I was 16. It's not going to look this way when I'm 40. So we have to be mindful and present and just give thanks and celebrate the body which we have now because it's fleeting. It's going to change. And that's normal. That's okay. That's part of living in life is transformation and transition. So if we can't get used to it, if we want to hold the way we look against ourselves for the rest of our life, that's up to you. But it's kind of like an old story and I'm ready to end the book and turn over a new leaf and maybe we could do that together. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate you listening to me rant and just vent because that's essentially what this this is for me. (laughs) So if you are enjoying sex and spirituality, you can feel free to connect with me on Instagram. I will link that in the show notes as well as my new website, which has not yet officially launched, but I will have specials and deals with services. Once I figure it out, I'm not technologically savvy whatsoever. So thanks for bearing with me. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Again, feel free to like, rate, subscribe, and share. And I will talk with you in the next episode.